Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. Dawn Webster is a physician's assistant with MedExpress. She has some very good tips for us, especially if you're doing any traveling over this holiday. Dawn, once again, welcome. Glad to have you back because we still have more things to talk about, staying healthy for the wintertime. And one of the things that maybe we should address is the fact that this is a very big travel time. If people aren't going, they're coming back. They could be flying. They could be in buses or trains. So what can we do in order to avoid getting sick while we're traveling? One of the big things that I like to talk about when people have trips coming up are, first of all, making sure that if you have prescription medicines, you have enough to go with you. So if you're taking a medicine every day and you're leaving for a week, but you only have three days left, that's not going to do you very much good. And it's very tough to get a hold of a doctor or um, a pharmacy even in, when you're traveling and try to get something refilled. Yeah, especially so, if it's something that's not normally in the mainstream kind of med. Right, absolutely. So, yeah, number one is making sure you have enough of your prescription medicine to go with you. And then along those same lines, some prescription medicines you actually need notes to travel with. Um, if you're a diabetic and you have to take needles um, or any type of liquid medication, so you have to think about that, too. Do you need a special note from your doctor to take those on flights with you? When we're talking about, um, again, the, the medication aspect of it, it's and there are so many apps that people have now on their phones that they can get. Are these type of things secure so that if something does happen and you put all of your information that maybe it's better than, because um, I know what we used to do, we used to write them down. And that's probably still a good idea because what happens if your battery dies? Or what happens if you can't get that app to open or that app crashes? So even if, you know, you do have it all in your phone, it's still a very good idea to write it down and keep it in your wallet with your license or your travel documents. And while we're on the subject of traveling, of course, if we are traveling in a car, we have a little bit more uh, leeway as far as stopping, and you pretty much know who you're traveling with. But when it comes to airplanes, trains, even going on a cruise perhaps for the holiday season, what can we do in order to keep ourselves healthy? I know a lot of people will say, well, I will make sure that I drink more liquids, Um, Are there other things that we can do? If you're going to be in an airplane or a train, it wouldn't be a bad idea to bring hand sanitizer or even those sanitizer wipes just to kind of wipe down your area. They're supposed to do that before you get on and after you get off. 
But what if an area gets missed? So that's never, ever a bad idea. And then also, just like you said, drink lots and lots of water. The other thing I recommend are taking vitamins. A multivitamin is great to start with. And then if you are traveling or during cold season, I also like to tell people to take some extra vitamin C. What about things like zinc that are out there that are supposed to help prevent if you feel like you're getting sick? Yes? No? Sure. Yeah, so zinc is one of them um, that people hear a lot about. So is echinacea. That's another really big one this year. Those aren't FDA approved. So what that means is the studies that people have on them are essentially just studies. Um, You know, they report data, but it's not something that there's no checks and balances. It should help, but is there actual scientific evidence? Not really sure. But the other thing I like to mention is there are some medications that people take that those Um, supplements are not a good idea. So if you are going to take something like that, definitely stop and talk to the pharmacist and make sure they're not going to interfere with the medications you take on a daily basis. In even taking medications with um, juices, I've I've heard Mm -hmm. that there are certain that you're not supposed to take with grapefruit juice? Yes. In in some antibiotics, you can't take while you're taking multivitamins. Um, Doxycycline is a big one. It is... um, great for any type of pneumonia or even tick-borne illnesses. And that one, you cannot take your multivitamins with it. You have to be very careful to spread them out a few hours. And some people don't take them at all, you know, their multivitamins at all while they're on that antibiotic. We have actually been pretty fortunate I know for at least my thinking, is that it hasn't been cold. We haven't had a lot of snow. We haven't had a lot of that winter weather, but eventually it's going to come. When you're going to be outside in the elements, the most important thing to do is to dress in layers. Now, when you dress in layers, um, what that does is that helps keep your body heat in. And the most important part of that is making sure that very outer layer is waterproof because once you get wet, it is very hard to keep your, your warmth in. So if your outer layer is waterproof, that's huge, especially if it's snowing or raining. And even if it's not snowing or raining, you know, you can get some moisture on you just by being outside. So even if, if you're not thinking you're going to need that, it's still a good idea to make sure that outer layer is waterproof. Now, when you're outside, some of the early warning signs are, are pain and redness. So if your nose or your fingertips or your toes, if they start getting painful, that's the first indicator that, you know, you need to start being a little bit more diligent and watching. Now, unfortunately, after that pain, they can actually get numb. And that's when people kind of get into trouble because they don't feel them and they don't realize that they're actually getting damaged. So what frostbite and hypothermia is, is the distal, which is the very end part of your, your extremities, when you're actually starting to damage that tissue because it's too cold. So that's, you know, and and that can actually lead to to very bad things like amputation. Wow. That must be when it gets to a point where it's very severe. And when we talk about things like this, um, I often wonder then where things like alcohol come into play because people will go out, they may go skiing, they may go ice skating, and then say, well, we'll have something to warm us up and maybe add something to the hot chocolate or tea. Probably not a necessarily good way to warm up. Right, no. If you drink alcohol or if you use tobacco, both of those things actually increase your risk for frostbite and hypothermia when you're out in the cold. 
And what about gloves? Is it better for a mitten or a glove? Because we would think when we're kids, our fingers were all together. So that kind of made us a little bit warmer since they were. Yeah. So honestly, as far as that goes, it's really a personal preference. It's tough for adults to wear mittens because they do. A lot of times they need use of all of their fingers separately. But as long as, like I said, that glove has, and most of them now do have an outer uh, waterproof outer layer, but if not, um, if you are wearing just the cotton mittens, making sure, or cotton gloves, making sure that you put another pair on top that has that waterproof outer layer. Dawn, what do you find people are coming in and talking to you most about at MedExpress this time of the year? Right now, there are just a ton of colds. There's colds and coughs. Um, sore throats, really it's just all these weather changes we've been having. You know, it'll be a little bit warm and then it'll get a little bit cold and people's noses start running. So really, it really is all upper respiratory right now that we're seeing. So what do we do? It's tough. It's very tough to know the difference. So one of the first things we look at is how long someone has had symptoms. So if, you know, if they've only had a runny nose for a couple days, there's a very, very slim chance that they need an antibiotic for that. Um, most likely it's viral or what we call, um, you know, weather-induced rhinitis, which just means a runny nose because of those weather changes. So it's, it's very similar to allergies almost. You know, the tissues in your nose, they, they don't respond as quickly. And, it, you know, they contract when they get cold and then it gets warm and, it, you know, that just kind of doesn't, doesn't know what to do. So you kind of get some inflammation and some runny nose. Now, the other thing we look at is if someone has a fever. So, you know, people can get fevers with colds, but adults normally don't. There's only a few illnesses people get fevers with as an adult. Um, and some of the big ones are strep throat, the flu, and pneumonia. You know, if an adult comes in and they have a fever of 102 or 103, those are the three big things that we're worried about. Feed a cold, starve a fever, starve a fever, feed a cold. What do you have, Don? <laughs> Honestly, with that one, it is whatever makes you feel better. So the truth behind the chicken noodle soup, salt, just like people when they say do Epsom salt soaks for um, any injuries, salt is a natural anti-inflammatory. So when you're eating that chicken noodle soup, it's all that sodium that's actually helping. So it's going down your throat. It's kind of um, essentially just like a saltwater gargle. It's going to relieve the inflammation kind of up in those tissues. So if you have a sore throat, if you have a runny nose, you know, uh, saltwater gargles and chicken noodle soup really do help. Um, It's not just, you know, an old wives tale, something your mom would say or your grandma would say. It really does, you know, help with your symptoms. Their voices were ringing in my ears as you were (laughs) talking. (laughs) Anything else that you'd like to leave with the audience today, Dawn? Um, I think that, you know, one of the things I do like to always stress is if you haven't already gotten a flu shot, please, please do so. Um, even if you do end up getting the flu, if you get the flu shot, studies show that your symptoms are not as severe as those who have not gotten the flu shot. So that's one of the big things I always like to stress if I can. Thanks again to Dawn Webster, physician's assistant with MedExpress, for joining us on Special Edition. Coming up next, speaking of staying healthy, how about staying away from the need to use opioids for pain? One local pharmacist has that 
coming up next on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Frank Lombardo is a registered pharmacist and the owner of Cook's Pharmacy in Shavertown. He is here to tell us about how his pharmacy is trying to help those who have pain not have to deal with opioids. He has the information about hemp. Frank, being a pharmacist... The word opioids must come into play in your life on a daily basis because we hear so much about them. Now, at Cook's Pharmacy, you were telling me that you're talking about something that might be, is alternative the right word to use? I think it absolutely is an alternative. Uh, You know, we have a real issue in this country with the opioids, and a lot of people don't want to be on them. You know, that's a fallacy to think that, People are all out there just trying to get them. They really would like an alternative. Uh, They see their doctors limiting how many prescriptions they could write, how many pills they can give them. The insurance companies are limiting them. So everybody's looking for a solution. And I think this is where hemp oil comes into play. Now, you have to explain hemp oil because for most of us, we think hemp, marijuana, because all of this gets so convoluted and so confusing. It, it, and it really is. Um, to, to simplify everything, hemp oil, or CBD as it's also known, is comes from the can. It's, it's in the plant category of cannabis, as is marijuana. But they are two separate plants, not the same thing. So that's where the difference comes in. Now, when we're talking about that, how does that get to a pharmacy? Because now we're hearing dispensaries are opening, and you can see why people get so confused. So take us through the steps. Okay. Um, Hemp is legal in all 50 states as long as the THC, and that's the substance that we think of a marijuana that makes people high, as long as that is at 0.3% or less in the hemp oil, it is legal. It, It does not require a prescription. And uh, it, it has got so many values uh, across the board, and we keep finding out more and more. But, but that's the big difference. Now, medical marijuana, you need a prescription. They're talking about legalizing uh, recreational marijuana. We don't know where that's going to go, but that's a, a new story in Pennsylvania right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but hemp oil is the easiest, the most accessible stuff for people to get their hands on. Uh, I recommend that you, you consult with a pharmacist. Um, I firmly believe that... You can get this stuff on the internet, you can get it at gas stations, you can get it at head shops, and that's not where you want to get it. You want to talk to a pharmacist. Our, tr- our staff has been trained how to dose, how to um, help people um, with their, their malady, whatever problem they're having, we start them slow and low and, and tell them within a week or so, please get back to us. We want to have to adjust that dose uh, and walk them through that. You can't get that if you're buying this stuff on the internet or, or at the local mini mart. You just really confused me now that you can buy something like that any place. How does one, is it, is it really oil? Yeah, well, it comes in different forms. Okay, so there's, there's a sublingual oil you put under your tongue. That's the one I usually recommend because it gets absorbed quickly and bypasses the liver. Just think like a nitroglycerin tablet, Mm -hmm. okay? Same kind of concept. It also comes in soft gels um, and also a topical salve. We've got all three at the store. And because it is considered a a supplement, okay, it's in the same category as a vitamin. 
So really, anybody can sell it. Ah. So th- there is no now. Now when when uh, possibly when uh, recreational marijuana, if it ever gets approved, um, there might be limitations as to where you can get that. We don't know that yet either. But but hemp is available anywhere because it's considered a dietary supplement. All right. So when you're talking about a dietary supplement and you're talking about vitamins and um, any of the other, would this be considered like a natural? Absolutely. It's all natural. Okay. Yep. And, and, and uh, another thing, I have criteria, not only should you purchase it in a pharmacy, but um, the one that, it took us a while to get the product in the store because I just didn't like what was out there. I found a company out of Kentucky that organically grows their hemp plants. They are processed in a pharmaceutical-grade facility. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. And they will only sell to pharmacies because they want the interaction with pharmacist and patient. Okay? And uh, when, I, when I found this company, Ananda, they're called Ananda, like the girl's name, Amanda, but with an N, uh, Ananda Professional, uh, they are absolutely top of the line in every respect. And then I became comfortable putting it in the store because I didn't want to be thought of as a pharmacy, as a professional, as a guy that has the same thing that you can get at the gas station. Right. Well, I can understand that. So let's delve into this a little bit more then. So if this is something that's considered natural, there are a lot of contraindications with medicines that your doctor would prescribe. So that's why they tell you if you're taking um, any kind of a vitamin, if you're taking supplements, if you're taking any of these other things, they can be contra-interdictive with what you might take prescription. Is that in this category as well? Uh, It is, but only slightly. Hemp, um, and a lot of doctors are just hearing about it now. They're sending people to us at the pharmacy because they know that we, we've been educated on it more so than them. But, but there's going to come a time when doctors, too, are really up to speed on this. Uh, as far as interactions, there's one major interaction that I tell people we, we have to stay away from, and that's if people are on anticoagulant medications like Coumadin, mm-hmm. uh, then we can't use hemp in that situation. Uh, the only other thing that I warn people of is if they are, have a job or they might be drug-tested, uh, you can get a false positive for marijuana with hemp. It is possible. So I warn everybody that if that your job is dependent, you either need to go to your employer and say, look, at this is why I'm taking it. I might have a false positive. Let them know that ahead of time. Or you might have to just stay away from it because they are in the same plant category. It is a possibility. Let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned topical. Yeah. So a lot of people may think, well, Frank, you just talked about the fact that but topical that doesn't get into my system does it well it it the topical is meant to be used right on the problem so you know we've got a lot of our customers who've got issues with shoulders and knees so it's applied topically right on that spot now we will get absorbed you won't really get the systemic effect which means it goes through the whole body but you will get a local analgesic effect from that hemp a lot of times too i will recommend they do both take oral and topical Again, when you talk about something like that, going to your employer and your employer is saying to you, well, you're taking something, but it doesn't have a prescription. So can you see? Yeah, no, I could see it's it's a gray area. There's no question. Um, I, I just think that as awareness comes about and people become educated and, you know, I'm an employer. And if somebody said to me, look at Frank, I 
am taking hemp oil. And now, of course, I know about it, but if they, if they explain to me what it is, what the benefits are, how it is related to marijuana, but is not, and in a drug test, it may create a false positive. I'm open-minded enough that that's, that's good enough for me. Now, I might make a note in their, in their employment chart uh, or whatever, um, but I think y- y- you at least owe it to your employer to approach them. Now, if they say, well, if you don't pass a drug test, you're going you're gonna to lose your position at the company. Well, well then you, you just don't take a chance at taking it. Um, however, I've, I've t- one of my customers, they um, actually got drug tested. They were taking hemp and uh they they were fired but they said this isn't very interesting they said you know what i'll find another job because Mm -hmm. i'm getting relief that i've never gotten before and that that's powerful just one of the many testimonials we've gotten so far but that one kind of blew me away how did you get involved in in this whole aspect of bringing something like this to your business well in general at cooks and shaver town we've always tried to focus on more natural alternatives uh, you can go in any pharmacy and get prescriptions. Um, a lot of people want alternatives, and I've seen that grow over the last 30 years that I've been in this game. Uh, so we're always trying to bring things in. Uh, late last year, I started reading up on hemp, became interested, and that's when I f- figured I've got to get a way to bring it in. It was frustrating at first because, like I already mentioned, a lot of the ones out there had a shady mm. overview, and I, I wasn't comfortable but, but that's how I got in, involved with it. I thought, you know, th- this really is promising. Read a lot of reports, did a lot of research. Do you have a lot of physicians that are now coming to you and saying, hey, Frank, what are you telling my patients here? Well, you know, actually, no. We, we've, we've had a few physicians who know that we, we put it on our sign up front that we have hemp, oil, and all natural, organic, pharmaceutical grade. And uh, we've got doctors sending people in, in down to us, not really questioning, because remember, doctors are having an issue now. They have patients with pain, but they're limiting the narcotics they can write for them. So they're in a bind. Patients in a bind, docs in a bind. Hemp oil is something that they're, it's on their radar for a good thing. We're also going to start detailing doctors uh, starting in January. Ananda Professional, the company, has provided us with a lot of materials for physicians to, to get more up to speed on it, to help them, to help patients. What about cost? Cost, um, it, it varies. Uh, the salve is, uh, for a jar of the salve, it's like $25-ish. Um, the oil, there's two different strengths, a 300 and a 600 milligram. They're, they're a month supply, and that ranges from $50 to $80 um, for a month. Um, and they also the gel caps are around the same range. Uh, and it's not, I know it's, it's not inexpensive, mm-hmm. but we have so much repeat business People are, it's it's worth every penny to people. Interesting story. We've sold hundreds of units over the last few months. Uh, we have a money back guarantee. One, one bottle has come back. And that's that's the most impressive thing to me. And this person, they, they really didn't give it a, a fair shake. I could tell they only took a little bit of the oil out. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was something that disagree, you know, they didn't like the flavor or whatever. But that's impressive. One came back. We, we sell several a day. What about side effects? Are there any? Uh, the, the only side effect really is if you take too much, uh, you'll get excessive drowsiness and maybe even a little dizziness. And at that point, we just back the dose down. But that's the, the only known side effect. So we're not talking about something then that, as you, as you just said, you know, if you're taking too much, you're not going to get that high that 
everybody is thinking about when they talk about, because that's that seems to be one of the big things with the whole medical marijuana issue is, well, I want the medical marijuana for another reason. But that's not the case here. That's not the case. This is no abuse potential. You can't abuse it. You can't get high. Like I said, you take too much, you're going to feel really tired, or you might even feel a lightheaded. But it's not the high that people would associate with marijuana. Uh, so, you know, no side effects um, that I, I really don't see downside. I mean, it and, and again, in my store, we've just had tremendous success. And I'm talking about people that are saying, you know, I've been able to take less of my medication. I don't have to take as much hydrocodone now because the hemp is stepping up and, and really helping me. The other neat thing about this is it has this real calming effect because we, it's, you know, it has uses for anxiety and insomnia and even depression. But a lot of the pain people will comment that, you know, not only is it taking the edge off my pain, but, but it just calms me down because those two things go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. All right. If you're under, if you've got a lot of pain in your body, you also most likely have a lot of anxiety and nerve issues too. Well, sure. Because you're, it's, it's, a, it's a cycle. Correct. It becomes a cycle. When um, we're talking again about the uh, homeopathic and uh, again, I guess it's just hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that here's something and you're, it makes it sound so simple. But when you talk about things that are homeopathic, so many, it wasn't too long ago, people were saying, Oh no, you can't take things like that because it can do this, that, and the other thing to you. And now here's something that's brand new. You really went out on a limb. Well, you know, again, I've seen the awareness uh, get better and better over the years. Um, yeah, this was all snake oil stuff, you know, 20, 30 years ago, certainly even farther back. But, but now there's awareness and, and people are frustrated with their insurance companies and, and they're, they're frustrated with, you know, the way that the process they have to go through to get their medications. So they're looking for alternatives. And I think, uh, you know, the media has done a good job in bringing out these alternatives and the possibilities. Um, and uh, that's why, you know, it really, I've gotten no backlash. Like, you know, I have nobody picketing in front of the store saying, hey, you know, you're selling marijuana. And believe me, anything's possible. Um, but it's, it's been really, really good. And I think a blessing for the community. Any particular um, areas, because again, we're talking about people that have pain. It can happen usually maybe after an accident. It can happen. But then again, when you get to elderly, mm-hmm. the elderly are sometimes very, very standoffish when it comes to something like that. Uh, I've been surprised because the bulk of the people that are using our hemp oil are probably 50, 60 years old and over. This is not the 20-year-old millennials coming in thinking it's marijuana. It really isn't. Um, it's, it's surprising to me, but uh, the, the older people are open to this. And as the word's getting out, and I, we get a lot of word of mouth going on too in, in our community. And um, again, they're, they're open to it because they're not getting the relief they want. And they, when they think about something more natural, it probably brings them back to the times when they were kids and there was all these home remedies. And uh, for that reason, it's doing very well with the elderly. Wow. I'm really, I'm kind of surprised to hear that because again, they're, that's usually the group that is um, the staunch supporter of, well, my doctor didn't give it to me or my doctor didn't even mention this, but now here's my pharmacist saying something to that effect. What do you think as far as the future is concerned um, as, as being integrated into the community? 
Um, the way I see it, there's a direct connection between the awareness of medical marijuana, even legalizing of recreational marijuana, and hemp. I think hemp is is in the forefront now, and people are really looking at it because th- they're hearing about marijuana, and they are similar, yet different, and I think that it's going to continue to grow. Certainly, if it becomes legal on a, as a recreational item, there will be people that you know aren't going to want marijuana, but want the benefits of you know the analgesic effect, uh, the uh, the nice calm sleep you can get from taking it, and hemp is right there and positioned perfectly for that. The other thing too is when we're when we talk about the hemp and the uh, fact that it's an analgesic that can go on the skin. Physical therapists, you're getting some um, interest from them because, again, they're the people that that's another modality of trying to use something that's not an opioid in order to get relief from pain. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Uh, We have not had an interaction, but that is certainly uh, an area of professionals that we would also like to target and explain to them about it and the benefits. Uh, Yeah, there's many uses in the medical community. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, and it, another thing that we just got in about a week ago was um, hemp for pets. And this is this has got a, a lot of potential also. It's been tested on cats and dogs, um, and it's d- done by weight. It's, a, it's the liquid, and it has bacon flavor. Uh, the company, Ananda Professionals, uh, came up with this because... Th- Tons of requests. And early on, we got the same thing. When, when we got the people hemp in, people were saying, can, can I give it to my dog? My dog's hips are bad. My dog gets you know, anxious when uh, there's a storm. Wow. So dogs have anxiety. Dogs have pain. Anybody that has pets, and half the people in the country have pets today, uh, they're looking for some for solutions. So Ananda came out with a pet product and uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see how that goes. Wow. Now we have to find out from the vets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, another area of, of, of professional healthcare professionals that are going to be encountering this and going to be hopefully asking questions and open-minded about it. Now, is there anything that we've left out that you'd like to uh, mention, focus on, make sure that our listeners know about? Well, I would just like to reiterate the importance of where you get it and who you talk to about it. I think you could have a bad experience or not get the full effect if you get it from the wrong source. Certainly, you, you know, you go to get it on the internet, it might not be pure, it might not be organic, there could be other things mixed in. Our hemp oil that we have at Cooks and Shavertown is organic, is grown in America, and is also processed in a pharmaceutical-grade facility. Let those be your criteria uh, if you're going to consider a hemp oil. So make sure you know, and how can someone get in touch with you? Uh, we're at Cook's Pharmacy in Shavertown on Memorial Highway. Phone number is 675-1191. I'm Frank, but you can ask for anybody uh, on our staff. Uh, we've all been trained and uh, willing to help people answer their questions, whether it's over the phone or if you come in the store. Website, Facebook? Uh, website, cookspharmacy.com. Uh, Facebook, um, we're on Facebook, but but you have to look. I, I, don't, I don't know anything about Facebook. <laughs> But we're there. People that work with me tell me we're there. And that's all you need to know. That's all I need to know. (laughs) Thanks again to registered pharmacist Frank Lombardo for joining us today. He's also the owner of Cook's Pharmacy in Shavertown telling us about 
hemp. Now don't go away. There's more special edition to come. And coming up next, Intercom's Webster and Nancy had the opportunity to talk to author Welcome Bill back O'Reilly. to special edition. One-time Fox show host Bill O'Reilly has been writing numerous books throughout his career, and he has a new one. He also has ties to Northeast Pennsylvania. He joins Intercom's Webster and Nancy to give them some of the stories about his book and his Northeast Pennsylvania past. Uh, you remember the O'Reilly Factor. It was the highest rated cable news broadcast in America for like 16 years in a row. Mm-hmm. BillOReilly.com, millions of followers there. He's now on number 15, uh, the 15th number one instant New York Times bestseller. The book is called Killing the SS, The Hunt for the Worst War Criminals in History. Bill O'Reilly joins us this morning. Bill, thank you for being on the show. Sure, my pleasure, but most importantly, I started my career at Channel 16. Listen, I'm glad you brought that up because that was the first thing I was going to ask you, and I thought thought about is this is going to go one of two ways. He's either going to remember this fondly or he's going to hang up. Very fondly. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, in the mid-'70s, and I just got out of Boston University with a master's in broadcast journalism. That was my first job. And uh, the Shelburne's on the station, good station. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, but not only was I a reporter, <laughs> but I was also the writer yes. for Uncle Ted's Ghoul School. Boom! Whoa! We're a mile and a half up the road from WNEP, and that's exactly yeah. what I wanted to ask you about. Because we got to, listen, we want to talk about the book, obviously, and what's going on in, in the country and in the world. But we got to hear the casket story. <laughs> yeah. So Uncle Ted, uh, he was on uh, Saturday night at 11.30 after the news, and uh, they had the little monster movie with him, and he was a local guy and used to come in and then uh, sell stuff, and then I had to write the gag lines in and out of the movie, and so one one night I said, listen, Uncle Ted, we want you to get into a coffin, get this little stupid coffin on the set, and then, you know, get out and and go out like that or something stupid, And you and Uncle Ted are good pals, am I right? Oh, yeah, he loved me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so he was claustrophobic. I didn't know that. Oh, man. Okay, and he was like shaking all over. I can't do it, I can't uh, do it. I said, look, Uncle Ted, it's a live broadcast. You got to do it, man. Get in that coffin. I'll hit you in the head. <laughs> all right? And he's a little guy. He's like 98 years old. So <laughs> he did. It's sore as And then uh, the crew hated him. They didn't like him. Um, and so one of the crew members put this cement thing on the coffin no. so it wouldn't open when he pushed it. No. And, and he started cursing and yelling and screaming. Oh, man. That was one of the highlights of Channel 16's entire history. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Live, live on the air. Yeah. Do you put writer for Uncle Ted on the resume anywhere? Is that what's happening? Uh, you know, I was called into the office. And I was like, I, I, I don't speak English. Oh, look what you excellent. did to a World War II vet. Outstanding. Oh. All right, so number 15. This is the 15th number one instant New York Times bestseller, yeah. Killing the SS, the hunt for the worst war criminals in history. That's got to feel pretty amazing to have like 15 of them. Never done before. Uh, the Killing series, the Killing SS, the eighth in the series, and is 17 million copies in print, the most successful nonfiction book series of all time. That's unbelievable. Um, so it is. It, it, you know, I sound like a brag, and I guess I am. Well, you might but as well. when I started to write this series, I never in a million years thought there would be 17 million copies in print. But it's um, people who like history. Uh, they want to learn, and this is an interesting way to learn because the books are page turners. They're not dull and boring and stuff like they move. And Killing the SS, powerful story about evil. 
You well, know, um, these a lot of these guys got away with the concentration camp stuff after the war, and they fled, and how they got out, and then who found them. Yeah. So, uh, book's doing really well. Well, you know, uh, you mentioned that the book really moves. I see that some of the things that people have written says it's got a pace like that of a spy thriller. So it's a kind of book that you can't put down. Obviously, uh, let me ask you: like, uh, how do you what what's in, in the pipeline? How do you select what's going to be the next in the series? Right. No, we got two more to deliver. We're writing um, uh, the ninth book now. I can't tell you what it is because right. then people steal the idea. Yeah. Um, but it's American-centric. Um, and there are always things in history that people have heard about, seen the movies or something like that, and they're not really true. You know, when I wrote Killing Kennedy, uh, we put to uh, we put to bed a lot of the myths around uh, Kennedy's death. And, and Lincoln, we really showed how um, great a president he was and who he was and how it all happened. And we always have new things because my co-writer, Martin Dugard, I think he's the best researcher in the world. And he comes up with really amazing things. And, and they're all true. So, you know, people who admire history, who enjoy it, uh, this uh, great gift for Christmas, obviously. And, um, you know, we couldn't be happy with the series. I want to ask you about the Tucker Carlson situation right now. I'm sure you've heard in the news that, uh, you know, there's this boycott going on now mm -hmm. about his show. Um, it's kind of a scary time for anybody who does any kind of opinion, uh, whether it's radio or television, uh, where it seems, uh, are we going to live in a world eventually where everything that we talk about is just going to be very vanilla, just very generic? Can't That's have worse a lot than of that. You're and if you, t if you talk about controversial issues, they're going to try to hurt you. Look, I'm the poster boy for this. They did this to me. Um, there's an organized cabal uh, led by Media Matters and uh, Color of Change in these groups. There's maybe 20, 30 of them, uh, many of them funded by George Soros. Uh, they have millions and millions of dollars, and they go around and try to hurt people uh, with whom they disagree. Americans should know about it. It's uh, appalling. Uh, corporations uh, don't want any bad publicity, so they don't care what really happened or what didn't happen. Um, I told FNC when I left there, I said, if you do this, if you allow these people to uh, win, um, you're going to have to face this down the road. And that's exactly what's happening. And it's not only Tucker Carlson, but these people want to boycott every program on Fox News, every single one. And they are very well organized, and they'll do anything to get that network off the air. Well, advertisers, you know, they're all about creating the impression of taking the high road, and we won't have anything to do with this. But in, yeah, in the end, it's, it's about the buck. Am I wrong? No, advertisers are in business to get the product in front of the people, and if... Uh, we're going to put out a tweet or we're going to put a Facebook thing out to our 30 million people and say, don't buy from you, um, uh, then the advertisers are going to fold. You know, I, d I did uh, a campaign, you may remember, um, God, it had to be 10, 10 years ago, mm. about Christmas because there were some retailers in uh, America that were telling their employees, you're not allowed to say Merry Christmas, you have to say Happy Holidays, and if you do say Merry Christmas, um, we're going to fire you. And I said, that's not going to happen. I mean, this is a First Amendment issue, uh, the diminishing Christmas, and any store that does that, any chain that does that, I'm going to name them on television. Well, that stopped that. <laughs> um, all the corporations said, uh-oh, right. um, we, better, we better not do that. So the power of uh, slamming a, uh, a business is vast. And the far left, and you don't see this on the far right, interestingly enough, well, but the far left has figured this out. They got me, 
and uh, here they go on uh, on Carlson and others. So they I, did the same thing to Lori. I will say though, for local uh, talk, uh, you know, I I run left of center, and I will say while it's not a a, a boycott organized by a group, it seems that people get easily offended and because they don't like what you have to say they will call the boss call the advertisers complain um and i get it even being on the other side of the aisle so I, it does happen but what we're talking about is someone going after it in a large you know organized yes, way. organized fashion where they they put out uh, you know to their minions uh, you call mitsubishi or you call mercedes and you tell them blah 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 mm-hmm. um and you know that is a very dangerous thing in a country that prides itself on robust debate. And it's happening. It's happening big time. And Americans really should figure it out. Um, and, you know, Fox News, and they're in a bad place. There's no doubt about it. Well, is there no advertiser that's brave enough to try to, you know, write out the cause du jour and, and count on the uh, attention deficit? There's a few. The attention a deficit few, disorder of the American public? It. Yeah, they take it on the. They take it right between the eyes if they if they do that. Um, there's a few, but most of them don't want to buy. You know, they they want to sell their stuff. Yeah. They don't want to get involved in any controversy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the broadcasters need to know. Um, I don't know what Carlson said. I didn't see it. Um, I I saw some things in the media. I don't know mm-hmm. what the context was. But broadcasters need to know, particularly if they're conservative, um, they're, they're going to get hurt. So they got to watch it. Watch what they say. Are we also uh, talking about just one-on-one? A lot of people will be hanging out with uh, family with the holidays coming up. And, and, and I know so many people, because of uh, the, the president and the administration and the division in the country, um, it's almost as if people just won't even talk about it anymore because uh, the division and the, the feelings are just that deep. Uh, you feel that yourself when you're talking about this? I mean, you hear that people are really, really either love them or hate them. You see, I don't, I don't have a problem with that because in my circle, um, uh, number one, I use a lot of humor. I'm not trying to convince anybody to like a point of view that I have. Uh, if they ask me, I state it. Um, on Christmas Day, I, 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 you know, I'd rather talk about uh, the March of the Wooden Soldiers. <laughs> you know, I go to church, I come home, we get presents out. I don't, I don't really need to know talk about Trump and Obama. I'm sorry. Maybe if I get a puzzle with Trump's face, maybe I'll talk about it. But, a chia pet. Yeah, I mean, the context of it is that if somebody wants to know my opinion off the air, I mean, if they want to know it on the air, they go to BillOReilly.com, where we do commentary every night. Um, and, you know, I'm paid to do that, and people like it, and, and that's fine. But in social settings, I, you know, I much rather keep it light and fun. Um, and that's my advice to everybody else. I mean, why is it, what does it matter if somebody disagrees with you, if they like somebody else? So what? You know, talk about something you have in common. Talk about movies or sports or whatever. Talk about the lawn. So I think that people have to really be mature in these matters. Now, that being said, this is a, an, an era that we live in of hate. I mean, there's a lot of hate. And I really don't want anybody in my house who's a hater. I don't know about you guys, but I really don't want anybody in there who's, who's hating. Uh, that doesn't really, especially around Christmas time. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, you know, doesn't Halloween, maybe I'll let yeah. a couple of ghouls <laughs> in, but <laughs> Christmas, I really don't want the hating in there. But doesn't it, doesn't it feel like, the, you know, there's a, a large group, I mean, they, it's called like the grievance industry now. There's just a lot of people who just can't wait to be offended so that they can then be heard from. Well, it's, it's a little more complicated. It's called identity politics, which the Democratic Party has uh, 
seized upon to, uh, you know, advance his cause. And it's basically, look, you're getting hosed. That's the philosophy. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're not a uh, rich white guy, see, rich white guys, they're the problem. Um, <laughs> we don't like the rich white guys. Um, but if you're not a rich white guy, if you're somebody else, mm -hmm. then you're getting hosed. Mm -hmm. Then the country's hurting you. Well, you That's identity politics. Well, you got to admit that the Republicans do it as well, and Fox News does it as but well. But it's a different thing. It's a, it's a different thing, Nancy. Well, okay, so... The Democratic um, strategy is identity politics make everybody feel that they're a victim. All right, that's victimology. That's their thing. The, the Republican strategy is basically if you disagree with us, you're bad for the country. Okay, you're or bad. Not a patriot. Bad, bad, bad. Right. Okay, so it's a different thing. It's it's the same marginalization process, but it's different in this in the way they carry it out. Hmm. You mentioned a minute ago comedy and fun, and I will say that uh, when I was watching the O'Reilly Factor, some of my favorite segments included Dennis Miller. And yeah, we brought Miller in. We had Jesse Waters on, you know, yeah. running around with Waters World. I tried very, very hard to each night uh, do the serious things, but also, you know, show people that we can have a good time. We're not haters. Um, we want to bring information. You don't have to agree with us. There's no mandate that you agree. Um, I like people who didn't disagree. I brought in all kinds of characters to debate. I invited Uncle Ted to on. He didn't want to come on. I don't know. Um, but, you know, we wanted to we wanted to present an hour where you walked away with the hour feeling decent. Now, nobody does that. You feel horrible after watching this these programs, which is why the ratings of cable news are really in trouble. And that industry, once Trump leaves the stage, I'm not real optimistic that's going to be prospering. Yeah. All right. Uh, we just had a text message here, by the way, as somebody who tuned in late and they missed the whole Uncle Ted story. So sorry. Sorry. We have to listen to it later <laughs> online. That's right. You got to go online. <laughs> Webster and Nancy. And the nerve of that person tuning in late. How could they do that? We've all promoted What's going it. on? We promoted I don't understand it all morning. It. Yes. It is a great right. Christmas present. Killing the SS, the name of the book. The Hunt for the Worst War Criminals in History. Bill O'Reilly, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for joining us. All right. Merry Christmas Merry to everybody Christmas. in Northeast Pennsylvania and Jersey, and uh, thank you for having me on. Merry sure. Christmas to you, sir. Bye-bye. As we continue with Special Edition, many may be looking ahead to New Year's and making those resolutions. Volunteer service is woven into the fabric of our nation, and more Americans than ever are stepping up to help their fellow citizens. Volunteers are super citizens. They donate to charity at twice the rate of Americans who don't participate in community service and help their neighbors twice as often as those who sit on the sidelines. I encourage all Americans to mirror their example of generosity and compassion and commit to volunteer throughout 2019. While volunteering may be top of mind during the holiday season, nonprofits and communities need volunteer support throughout the year. I challenge all Americans to make 2019 a year of service, starting with Martin Luther King Day on January 21st. Each year, the MLK Day of Service empowers individuals, strengthens communities, and moves us closer to Dr. King's vision of a beloved community. You can rise to the challenge and sign up to serve in your community. 
That's Barbara Stewart. She's CEO of the Corporation for National and Community Service. If you'd like to find out more about volunteering, all you have to do is visit your favorite organization. They're sure that there are ways that you can help them. And again, not only is it a great New Year's resolution, but it's a wonderful way to help out in 2019. What better way to celebrate the season of giving than to give of your time and talents? I'm State Senator John Blake with the Pennsylvania Moment. Help out at a soup kitchen or lend a hand at a food pantry. Bring the kids and grandkids to make it a family event. And why not make volunteering a year-round practice? I'm State Senator John Blake with the Pennsylvania Moment. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories, a production of Intercom Communications. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.